Hello everyone, this is Noah and John and we are from Urban Digs and today we are talking Manhattan and we got Daniel Gersberg here, Johnny. Yes, we do. Hello. We're going into the attorney world. Um, that's where all the action is. This market's crazy. If you want to get frontline, you got to go to the attorneys. That's where it's all happening. So yeah. um, Daniel Gersberg from uh, Connor Gersberg and Melnick, thank you so much for joining us. It is my um, pleasure. <laughs> you look like you're comfortable. You got your jacket on and you look good. Thank What's you. happening in Manhattan? It's it's insanity. Um, the amount of volume uh, versus six months ago was just stratospheric. Uh, things are moving nonstop across the board. I sound like an infomercial for Manhattan. It's not something that I would have possibly thought of in a million years, six to nine months ago. But uh, every single thing from co-ops to condos to everything in between um, has been moving apace since the last time uh, all three of us spoke. Wow. And what side is the pressure on? Is this buy side pressure or sell side pressure that you're facing mainly? What One of the most interesting things about this is that it is 100%, again, anecdotally on my stuff, buy side pressure. So the sellers are completely in command. I don't know what the charts say. The charts may trail the whatever negotiability indexes, whatever. Every right. single day, I'm getting buyers that are saying, I need to get this place. And what do I do to get this place versus nine months ago where you could have an open house and there's just no one there and you're zooming your grandma to check in on her uh, as a broker because there's just nothing to do. It is a completely different world. Just okay, I mean, one wow. We used to be brokers. I mean, we, 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 we don't transact anymore, but I remember the most stressful time as a broker is going to be after an accepted offer during the one to two week period of due diligence with the attorneys before you sign the contract because it works yeah. differently outside of New York. Yeah. Um, so um, right now, are you telling me that, that how, how long has it taken for these deals to get signed right now? Is it one of those things where after a week, the buyer is saying, hurry this thing up, like, let's go? So it is the same exact timeline, if maybe a little bit more accelerated, because people are starting to push back. The attorneys, we know who feeds us, right? But mm -hmm. many attorneys I know, there's just so much capacity, right? And we, you know, there's many firms that are basically saying, look, we can't even take on anymore because we're going to mess up files and we don't want to do that. Same goes for managing agents who get paid just the same, no matter how many actual transactions go through. So the due diligence portion of it is entirely the same for most law firms that, that I work with on either side of the deal itself, because uh -huh. you'll, you'll still have brokers going, is it in, is the questionnaire in, have the minutes been answered, et cetera. And the person at ACAM or whoever that's working from home that has three kids hanging on their neck that has to respond to the 40th you know, broker email that says, this has to get signed, is there anything you can do? They just, if I can curse, they they don't they don't give a shit anymore they don't care at all because well, it's 40 other ones like you so right exactly thank you um but they, they just don't care and so the timelines are identical we have been able to become very efficient in the way we send these things out so we know how much each individual managing agent is going to charge boom we we front the fees right or we'll tell our clients this is how much acam or, or whoever mm -hmm. is going to charge and we send it right away the amount of time that it takes into con to get into contract is almost identical. doesn't mean you won't get 30 emails going, what's going on? Have they signed? Have they signed? We all know the game, right? And nothing's changed when it comes to that. Interesting. So you're saying, so even, even after all the 
all the sort of the technological advances that, that the, the pandemic sort of ushered in to sort of make things more digital, we're still basically on the same timeline that we were. You're relying on humans. You're still relying on humans and everyone understands how much liability there is in the room. So you better believe that, you know, I want to get this thing signed, but I'm not going to, you know, risk a malpractice claim to get it signed one day earlier by foregoing due diligence. And the same goes for any managing agent. You still need people to fill this stuff out in pen. It is the bane of my existence. I think that this area will revolutionize in the next two to three years because you cannot continue to do it this way. People are just yeah. overwhelmed and they can't handle it. But yeah, you, you, no matter what technology you have, you still have to answer. Like, like humans still have to answer these things. And we are terrible at multitasking and doing all these things in a perfect world, let alone a COVID, I'm home, oh my God, get me out of here world, right. you know? Right. Hey, Daniel, um, I just, I just want to touch on some discounts. I know you're not a broker, you're an attorney putting these deals yeah. together, but um, do you peek at the asking prices when you look at some of these deals just to see how far below they are? Or do you have any idea in terms of discounts generally? Zero discounts. There are zero discounts in the last several dozen deals that I've done. There's been not a single discount. Now that may, that may be different from the charts that you're seeing, but I've seen literally zero discounts. Charts that I'm seeing show me that this market is extremely active. I mean, I'm looking at deal volume. It doesn't show me where the deals are happening. I got to wait for it to close. So that's why you're here, right? Because I need to get some insight to figure out what the hell's going on out there. So you're telling me in the last 12 deals, I mean, that's the last few weeks now or how, how far back are we talking? The last 12 deals are the last three days of mine. Okay. That's how, right. that's how completely. Okay. okay. So this is very, very, very fresh information. Yeah. Are those deals for the most part below a certain price threshold? No, it's across the board. I mean, I, I had a couple of townhouses that went into contract. Two of them were, were off market ones. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, I mean, it's tough when it's off market, but none of them were discounted. They're, they were in the $5 million range. There was a bidding war on one of them. Um, oh, that was in Brooklyn, but I'm seeing significantly more bidding wars than I am seeing any kind of discounts. The only discounts I'm seeing, and again, this is not me, this is more you guys in terms of where they're listing it as. If they're listing it at some stratospherically stupid price and right. you know the, the buyer comes and is like, well, I'll give you X then you're fine. I mean, I have deals um, going on some buildings on the Upper West Side where you couldn't move this product if you wanted to a year ago. And there is, you know, we're representing someone that's a backup buyer that just got it because the, the first buyer couldn't get a mortgage commitment. Zero discount whatsoever. Okay, so that, jumping. yeah, so that, that brings up an interesting point, which is, you know, the, at the last peak, right, we saw the same kind of thing, which is a sort of a very shallow inventory pool. And then people started bidding over and over each other to kind of get deals done. And that led to buyers just removing all kind of contingencies, everything, just take it out. I, I will be as good as cash, even though I have to get a mortgage. Are you seeing that sort of frothiness yet in yes. which buyers are basically removing protections? Oh, good Lord. Yeah, I absolutely hate it. I think it's one of the, the one of the silliest things you could do. But I I tell my clients that they're grown ups, and I can warn them of the effects of all of this stuff, and then they can figure out what to do on their own. Um, I'm seeing contingencies go sideways or commitments go sideways on a lot of deals. I'm seeing listing agents that are saying across the board price point seven hundred thousand dollar to let's say three point five million dollar price points of um, they will ask who their uh, who the bank is, mm -hmm. and many times they'll say, look, you got to do your you know final and best. And if you remove that contingency, uh, which I think for all practical purposes is a completely idiotic move that, that benefits absolutely no one at the end of the day, um, then, you know, maybe you're, you're better off than the cash buyer. Cause you're going to bid $20,000 or $25,000 more and we'll work with you because of a certainty that, let me say this very clearly for the brokers. There is zero certainty in my estimation, when you remove a contingency, because if that buyer cannot close. It's not as easy as we keep your 10%. It's 
I'm going to send it to my bulldog and you're going to send it to your bulldog. And then we're going to fight in court for a year and you can't list this property. And most clients don't understand this, right? So I would rather, and I talk to my clients all the time, if the deal falls through because your bank sucks, list it again, right? Have the listing agent list again, find another buyer and stop going back and forth and relying on Supreme Court, which has been closed for a year. And in the best of times was completely inefficient when they had humans at the actual courthouse. You don't even have humans at the courthouse, right? Imagine how to deal with this stuff. So yes, I'm seeing it all the time. Yes, I think it's terrible. Yes, it will continue. Yes, it will become significantly more aggressive. Um, banks, within banks themselves, you're seeing a huge upending in the industry. Some of them are artificially, you know, behind the scenes inflating their rates because they mm -hmm. just don't want to deal with the traction. They don't need the paper. They don't want the paper. Um, there's a couple other banks who lost their top two people that went to, you know, different banks itself. So you're seeing a lot of people that are kind of moving around and switching around. Um, and that's because of the unorthodox way that this market is and likely will continue to be. You got to be BFFs. One, one thing I want to say, let me just say this. You yeah. have to be BFF with your loan officer. You have to understand whether or not that bank has lent in the building before in the past year. If they haven't, 50-50 shot. Because you're still, that bank's still going to the managing agent to get a questionnaire answered. Now, if you let go of that contingency, now you're, you have double risk when it comes to that. If your bank has lent in the building in the past year, you're in a significantly better position. How do you know this? You call people and you say, this is where my buyer is bidding. What buildings have you done? Great. That's it. And then you go to the backup bank that you speak to and you make sure that that buyer is not going out of state or an 800 number because that, that's it. And I mentioned this plenty of times and I will till the day I die because I have a very boring existence. And this is what I think about. You cannot go outside of New York for your bank. You cannot have someone in Tulsa be your bank because the level of stress and therapy that you will need after this transaction will eclipse anything you could possibly receive as a broker, as a commission, or as a buyer buying place. So. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 worst experiences I've had is when my clients um, were using their their cousin in um, you know I don't know Maryland to save eight hundred dollars yeah, yeah. um, or whatever, and it just well, it's it you know it's nothing. you know you're right, and it's the same on the attorney side, and you know I don't mean to you know, toot your horn, of course, Daniel, but I mean, listen, New York attorneys based in New York City or even sort of the, the metropolitan area are far better at handling these transactions than even ones based sort of, you know, at just upstate a little bit because yeah, you start getting into all these things and people start looking at these things like commercial transactions and want to see, you know, zoning and flood regulations. And it just, everything it opens up like a box of, you know, box of worms and it becomes a complete mess. No, it's um, absurd. You got to solidify that team. There's no question. It's always been the case, but even now with the stress and the pressure of getting an accepted offer and getting into contract, you need that team before you even say yes to something. Right. Wow. So let me ask you this, if we can go back to the financing side, I'm just curious, yeah. have you seen deals blow up basically because buyers are unable to get a mortgage because yes. of this? Yes. Though, so what, I, what I've had are, oh, I have a very good personal relationship with the bank. Underwriting doesn't give a crap about your personal relationship with the bank. And so what you're seeing is sometimes they will go with a bank that has not lent in the building before. Like I mentioned, the building has issues because I don't know, 15 people stopped paying their common charges because they didn't have money, they got laid off or they fled the place and they started renting their places. And the number of units that were rented went beyond the threshold of the bank where the bank could not finance in this building anymore and they put a year ago. Yeah. And now they're stuck, right? All the more reason to wait for a questionnaire to come in. We ask, our diligence has shifted radically in the past year. Now we ask, not just what their financials in 2019 were, because nobody cares, 
What are you looking at 2020, 2021? What's your budget? How are you going to deal with the delayed work that you didn't do and how are you going to pay for that? Oh, also, how many units are in the rears? Oh, also, that wing read that went out of business on the ground floor? Who's going to pick up the slack for that? And how are you going to deal with all that stuff? By the way, how many rentals do you have in the building now? All of these things matter. These metrics that many people think, ah, what's the big deal? You know, they matter to banks that are giving millions and millions of, of dollars in paper away. So it's incredibly important that that due diligence is done and it can be done in a timely way, but done perfectly. Because if it's not, you're, you're dealing with scenarios where you're kind of like, and everyone's shrugging and pointing at each other. Yeah. I mean, these banks in deflation, they don't like to lend credit. Credit is contracting. You yeah. know, they're not, they're not increasing. It, that's why it's harder. I mean, they don't want to lend in a rising unemployment um, deflationary environment. They, that's when everything kind of gets, that's the problem. That's why this thing kind of feeds on itself until that credit expansion begins, which is what's going to happen yeah. years down the road, but whatever. Um, yeah. Hey, Daniel, a lot of cash deals or no? No, cheap paper. Mm -hmm. Even even people that want, that can do cash will get rid of their contingencies and say screw that I'm applying for. I think that's going to die in the next year as you know rates go up and I think they 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 have to go up at some point. Whatever the Fed says is almost immaterial to a certain extent to what banks will independently do with with what's there. Um, I think that you know there are cash buyers and they're very very attractive in the sense that they can close quickly. But even cash buyers are doing technical refis during the pendency, so we're negotiating that you know access to the place itself. Frankly, why would you do cash if the stock market's just like just soaring nonstop based yeah. on who knows? Um, yeah. Why would you throw your cash into an asset class like this when you could just basically get free free paper with an inflationary? Thirty three percent, thirty eight, three and a half percent. I mean, I don't know why you would consider anything else at this point. Yeah, uh -huh. it's it's absurd. It's free paper at the end of the day, which is not necessarily a great thing for all of us, but it is what it is. It's the market conditions now, so I'm not seeing a ton of cash deals. Are you, are you seeing any uh, any deal? What's happening on the new dev side of things? Are you doing any new dev deals lately? So it went from, and we mentioned this in the last time, it's actually gotten progressively worse from the last time that I actually spoke to you guys. I've had some deals blow up in new dev because the uh, the new developments haven't been able to get their TCOs because DOB has been backlogged, expediters are backlogged, and they can't close in time and the buyers are sort of walking away. A lot of that is Brooklyn. Um, in Manhattan, I'm seeing not a lot of new dev. My partners aren't seeing a ton. I would say it was 30% to 40% of my overall deal volume a few years ago. It is perhaps 10% of my deal volume now. People with kids that, you know, the, the, the metric that I always talk about with you guys is the person or the couple that has one and a half kids and they're going to really try and squeeze into a two bedroom because the schools are great and it's going to be their stepping stone to the suburbs. They're gone. They're not buying new dev the way they were before because they really love the amenities and everything else. They're gone. They're either buying townhouses or they're out of New York or they're, you know, doing something else and renting and buying a place in Hudson Valley. Um, so that is the one area, and it could be anecdotal, where I'm seeing little to nothing and continue to see little to nothing because explain the value prospect for me right now. When someone wants something now, 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 and that new dev is saying, coming summer 2021, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Hey, uh, Daniel, is, is New York back? No. I don't, so look, I never, I'm gonna get so much crap for this. We always, as humans, look back on something and try and explain something away, right? So New York wasn't back three months ago or four months ago, but it's back now. School system's still messed up. Crime is still soaring. We don't know if there's gonna be a pedo terror tax or if we're gonna be taxed like crazy. The political environment is all over the place. We don't know who our mayor is gonna be. And the same apartments that were sitting six months ago are now flying now 
for no other reason I would argue than people are seeing other people buy and they want to buy, right? So I don't think my argument would be New York never left, but I don't think New York's back in some sense in which like they were just napping for a while. We knew vaccines were coming for a long period of time. I think you can, people will try and explain this away into a really cute, simple narrative of, you know, for a while we were down, there's sort of Joseph Campbell, the Phoenix is rising thing. The reality is probably more simple. Cheap money. They want to buy a place. You're sick of Lower living prices? wherever it is. Yeah, could be. Lower this, prices yeah, across but the wouldn't, board. But wouldn't, wouldn't cheap money also fuel demand for the new development? But, you know, it's like you're seeing demand on one side, but not on the other. I'm just wondering, you know, why question. cheap money is... Could be that new dev is over uh, overpriced in terms of what, what you get for it. Could be that there's a, more inventory and people want smaller, let's say, for instance, in Brooklyn, I'm doing so many more small co-ops that I wasn't doing before. And maybe those people that were moving into new dev actually like a small co-op because they don't want to sublet it out and they like knowing who their neighbors are and they like a 10 unit versus 150 unit. I just think this, this really like everyone jumped on this New York is back bandwagon. I don't think New York ever left. I think we had a once in a century pandemic which systemically changed the way we work, live, go to school and everything else. And people reacted in the way they did and yeah. reversion to the mean. They come back to what's familiar, what they know, who they are, where they go to school, mm -hmm. who their friends are, right? If you go to Middlesex County and you don't find a lot of people like you in Middlesex County, guess what? You're going back to the East Village or wherever it is that you're going back to in the first place or many people are at least. So I think that you're gonna continue to see aggressive bidding wars that are coming back. And I think we're gonna want to put really uh, neat bows on top of it and explain it away. And the reality is no one really knows, um, but it's great to be part of this. And it's great to see the actual city emerge for whatever ridiculous reason it may be. And we all want that. New Jersey doesn't work. Connecticut doesn't work. The Hudson Valley doesn't work. None of these places work if New York is on life support. So, you know, I am super excited that people are buying again and spending time there again. And I think they will continue to. But this notion of New York is back is a really cool headline that makes little to no sense to me. You know, it's just unbelievable. This has been fantastic. I, I want to end with final thoughts, final thoughts of buyers, final thoughts for sellers from a perspective of an attorney doing a ton of deals um, in the field right now in New York City real estate. What would you tell buyers? So on the buyer side, if you, my most successful buyers take emotion out of the entire buying experience, way easier said than done. Once they yeah. do that, they realize this unit, this specific unit that they're in the bidding war on, they're going to find it again. They may not think they're going to find it again. I went through the same process when I was buying. They may not think they're going to find it again, but they will. They end up on top all the time. Sellers, I would say, you know, it's right now it's easy street. It's not bad. I mean, so long as you're not dealing with contingencies of you needing this money to go to this other place, to this other place, to this, you're cool. Get a great mm -hmm. listing agent that understands the area, that understands how to list. And by the way, the cream is rising in the brokerage world as well. And it's wonderful to see that. I get to now pick the brokers that I work with because of the volume that's there and working with fantastic brokers on the listing side. I'm not saying this as an infomercial really pays dividends for, yeah. for people that sell just, it, it, it's not even a question. Like the, the gap that I see between people that know what they're doing and the rest is huge. So it's a great time to be in that business as well. Um, and, and sellers are, are riding a very nice wave and they should continue to. Yeah, good stuff. Great stuff. Daniel, if I could just, I, I want to dig into one of yeah. these points because I think you made an excellent point, but it's it, it's a difficult point to make. And that's the buyers taking emotion out of the game. And, and when we were 
you know, when we were brokers, we only handled the buy side. And it was often the case that buyers would have to lose one or two places before they sort of wised up and sort of got a little bit more serious about what they're, what they're transacting for. And I'm curious, how, A, do you find most of your successful buyers have already lost a place? And B, how do you exactly explain to someone to have to take their emotions out? Like, what's the, what's the, what's the thinking behind that? Let me, let me answer your question a very sort of different route, if I may, maybe long, but I think it explains it better. Everything you heard in the news media about GameStop and day trading and retail investing was an awesome headline. What you didn't hear was the overwhelming majority of people in my generation, the generation below me and above me, that buy Vanguard funds and that hold because they understand that this is a long game. And so long as they do the same things all the time, they're going to be totally fine, right? That never catches headlines because it's not sexy. The same goes for buyers. Buyers are supremely more educated now than they were five years ago and 10 years ago because they look at Zillow, 3DZ, Urban Digs, all these sites, and essentially they can see that where the market is, where the price per square foot is in a particular area, and they know that this is not the last place. So those buyers that are financially savvy and maybe have a couple bucks to their name can wait it out and can say, this is insane. I'm not going to deal with this. I have no, yes, there's been some buyers that have lost out in bidding wars. A lot of those guys are wounded and they won't go back to the arena because they're going, what the hell do I need this for? I'm just going to wait and rent because rents are falling or have fallen enough where I'm, I'm fine financially, right? And the other side are really educated consumers that are not like pie in the sky thinkers that say, no, this and only this. I dealt with that many years ago. That is a minority of buyers that I now represent. The vast majority, the unsexy, non-headline grabbing majority of people are smart people that know they can wait this thing out. That's how I explain this. Good stuff. Great. It's, yeah. it's just great stuff. Great wisdom. Thank you so much. John Walkup, you're awesome. Daniel Gersberg of Connor Gersberg and Melnick. I am Noah Rosenblatt. We're from Urban Digs. This has been Talking Manhattan, and we'll catch you next time.